Well, good morning, everyone. Can you guys hear me? I can even hear myself. I don't know if that's good or not. Anyways, I am very pleased and excited to be here once again uh, to bring God's word to you guys as I'm adjusting this thing so it fits me right. Uh, And I believe that God has something for us this morning. I believe God has a challenge for us. Uh, uh, And I think that uh, as I prepared for this message, that this, this message is going to, my hope, like I've always said, whenever I've gotten up here to speak to you guys, that this message will challenge you to step out into a deeper relationship with God. That as you leave here, that you will know how to serve him better. That you will know how to love him in greater ways. That you will know more about yourself in him than you do about yourself outside of him. And as I share this message, I want to remind you that this is, my hope is that this is not my words being spoken to you, but yet this is the words of the Holy Spirit within you, challenging you to step into that. So just to kind of give you guys a quick little recap of what's been happening and going on with my life, uh, it's been very exciting. It's been a very interesting season of life. Uh, as some of you guys know, if you guys are uh, friends with me on Facebook or in passing, I've had conversations with you guys that I'm married now, <laughs> which is, uh, if, like, I'm just blown away by it. It's, I'm speechless. I get to share the rest of my life with someone who's amazing, and I'm not just saying that. She is amazing. This is Kara. Kara is my wife right here. Some of you guys have been uh, some of you guys have met her before, and it's been uh, it's been very interesting throughout this journey so far with her over the past month and a half, and I've been so blessed by it. And so, uh, what I want to share with you guys actually comes out of what I've been learning in our relationship together. Uh, And then also what I've been learning just kind of in ministry and in life as I'm sharing my faith with people, as I'm going to work with Youth Unlimited, as, uh, as I'm living life with friends and living in the community that I am in. So my title of my sermon uh, is, What Gets You Out of Bed in the Morning? What drives you, what propels you, what, what causes you to, to, to get out of this place that is super comfortable, that you have uh, been resting in, sleeping in, and to pull, pull the sheets off of you, to step out and to get up and go about your day? What motivates you to get out of one of the most comfortable places that some people uh, love to just stay in, sleep in, and just be there, be present there. What causes you to pull those sheets off and get out of bed in the morning? I know uh, when I was younger, I always had this struggle uh, uh, when I went to high school to get up early, to get ready for school, and to get out, mainly because I had no motivation to, to go to school other than to see my friends, to play sports, uh, and maybe try in school if that came about that day and felt like I needed to. 
in life, this is a question that we should be asking ourselves. What motivates us? What drives you to go about your day? What propels you? What gives you energy to live this life that God has given you? What I want to say to you guys, and I'm going to give you guys the entire point of my sermon right now, so if you guys unplug from it and you, forget, and, and, and you lose track of where I'm at right now, what I want to tell you is the passionate pursuit of God's love is what should drive you in your life, is what should propel you. And so before I get into it even more, I just want to pray I want to give this time over to God and I want him to be the one that leads us. And so, Father, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you that we are here in this place. Father, that we get to listen and praise you, God. Listen to your voice and how you're speaking to us and challenging us. To pr- and and to, to praise your name, to listen to these worship songs, and, and as, we, as we sing, God, that we are praising and worshiping you who is almighty, who is present here in this very moment, who is calling us to a deeper, more intimate relationship with you. And so God, come here, Be here with us and lead us this morning so that as we go about our life here, God, that we are led by you and only you and that we are motivated by your love, Lord. In your son's name, amen. So, as I mentioned, one of the things I've been learning and, and very much so appreciating about marriage is the fact that I get to wake up beside someone. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because seeing how someone, like, seeing how someone wakes up uh, and, and waking up with them and seeing their different schedules and routines and what gets them out of bed in the morning. And so for me, uh, for me, as I get out of bed, I feel like I need to just jump out of bed. Otherwise, I'm just going to be stuck there for the rest of the day. And so I force myself to get out of bed and go and have a shower that wakes me up. Now, for Kara, and I asked, I, I asked her if I could share this. For her, she has multiple alarms set up on repeat. <laughs> it's called a snooze button. And, and it takes her about two to three, would you say two to three alarms? Yeah? two to three alarms to get up and to get going. Uh, and not saying that she doesn't have motivation, just as much motivation as I do. It's, it's, there's, this, there's this routine and there's this desire that comes from both of us to get up, to get going, and to, to start our day. And like I said before, what I want to suggest to you guys is that in this Christian life, what motivates us, what gets us out of bed to live this life that God has called us to. With all of you guys being here, 
what has motivated you? What has motivated you to read your Bible? To pray? To sing songs of worship? Even to show up here on a Sunday when it's so nice outside and you could be outside going for a walk? What motivates you to be here? What I want to look at as we look at what it means to love, pursue love, God's love passionately, and for that to be our motivation, I want us to look at Jesus. That Jesus gave us the example, a living example of what it means uh, to, to have this motivation of God's love to, pers- to, to drive us forward. That, that for Jesus, of all the possible motiv- motives he had was love, and love was the greatest one. In Hebrews 12, too, it says, uh, when we look at what motivated Jesus, in Hebrews 12, too, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorned in its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For Jesus, his motivation was love not only to, 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 not only to pursue the Father's will and call for him, but also his motivation was to see you see me, see all of us, see this world being set free from its bondage and sin. It motivated him so much that he, that he took this cross. He put it on his shoulder. He walked up this hill and he let people nail him to it when he had all the power to step away from it. And not only be nailed to it, But leading up to that, being scorned and shamed and whipped and all of that, out of his love for the Father's will in his life, and to see us be set free, the love he has for us. It drove him to endure something so intense, just for you, just for us. And so when we look at Jesus as our model and perfecter of faith, that we see this example, we see this motivation, this desire within love to passionately pursue God's love and in turn to love the, the ones around us to love you, to give his life over for you. And this is the love that we look at. We look at this sacrificial love, this agape love that is given to us as our example, as the model for our life. And so as we see Jesus modeling this, that love motivated him to get up, to go, and to live out 
the will the Father had for him. So my question for us is why should love motivate us? Why should this example of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, this example of him loving the Father and showing his love to us by sacrificially giving himself over, why should love motivate us? In 1 John 3.1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that this is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it does not know him. Why should love motivate us? Why should it motivate you? Because of what Jesus has done is he's given us an identity. That he's, through, through Jesus, we have been called to the Father. And if you've chosen to, to, to give your life over and to surrender your life to him and to take up your cross, that your identity is rooted in him that your identity is rooted in that very same love. That you are called a child of God. The God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that is at work right now within this room, the God that is changing lives all across the world, he has called us his children because of Jesus because of what he has done. So why should love motivate us if you've chosen to surrender your life over to him? It is your identity. It is at the very root of who God has called you to be. And why else should love motivate us? In 1 John 4, 16 which is part of the verses that Brent read. Actually, later on from the verses that Brent read. It says, And so we know and rely that the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in, in love lives in God. And God in him. So why should love motivate us? It's because if we've chosen to surrender our life to him, it's who he is. And because of who he is, it's who we desire to pursue after. To passionately pursue after him, the God that is love, that defines love, this sacrificial love in our life. If we choose, if you have chosen to pursue after him, if you've chosen to surrender your life to him, then you are choosing to follow after that very love that he is. It is at the root of who he is. 
Why else should, we, should love motivate us? Later, later on in those verses in 1 John 4.19, it says, We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. Why should this love motivate us? Why should this love wake us up in the morning? Because God, like I said before, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who's at work right now here with us, who's called you to him, first loved you. He's shown that throughout his word, throughout scripture. He's shown that in your life. If you look back into your life and you think about your story and how God has called you to him, or if, if he hasn't called you to him, look, at, look into your, your story, your testimony of where, you're at, where, where you've come from and where you are now. And I encourage you to ask God these very words. How have you been at work in my life? I guarantee you if, you, if you struggle with this and you can't see this, I encourage you to sit down and come and talk to me. And I'd love to sit down and hear your story and show you how God has been at work within your life. The love that God has given us should motivate us Because he first loved us with this love. So why should love motivate us? It is at the root of our identity. It's who he is. And because he first loved us. The third thing that I just want to talk about is that when we see, when we look at the Old Testament and we come to the New Testament, we see this, this, this transition of when Jesus comes, that he brings forth these new commandments. When he was cornered by the Pharisees uh, with questions uh, about what, out of the, the, the commandments that God has given, what is the greatest commandment? In Matthew 22, 37 to 40, it says, and if you guys want to turn there, Thirty-seven to forty, Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven to forty. So after Jesus had silenced the Pharisees with some uh, with some of his responses to the question, the Pharisees got together, uh, and one of them, an expert on the law, tested him with this question. Like I mentioned before, he he said, "Teacher, what is the greatest commandment?" in the law. And so at that time, they held the law up as the standard of what it meant to live in relationship with God. And at that moment, 
it wasn't something that we could achieve, but it was a reminder. The law was supposed to be a reminder of what we can't do. How we cannot live that way. And it's the standard that God had set. But Jesus, in turn, takes this comm- these commandments, these laws, and, he, and at the very root of, uh, of it is love. Jesus replied to this Pharisee. He said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So what Jesus is getting at here, and what I want to encourage you guys with and challenge you guys with, that not only are these reasons why we should, why love should motivate us in our life right now, but it's also something that as Jesus was asked about the law and was said, what is the greatest commandment in the law? He gave these two that at the very root of them is love. The first one being to love the Father with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Basically, Jesus is saying everything and who you are to love God with that. To love him with the gifts he's given you, the family he's given you, the mind he's given you, the desires he's given you to surrender it all to him and to live and to love him with it. And the second being, Jesus just doesn't end with something that's between you and God. But he commands this horizontal relationship to happen. This horizontal love relationship to happen to love your neighbors. Now, that doesn't just mean love the neighbors that, you, that are easy to love in your life. But it, it's all-encompassing. It means to love the people within your community, the place that he's put you in, to passionately love them with that very same love that God has exemplified to you through Jesus. To love the community. Now that means, that means, that doesn't mean just going and sharing the gospel with them. That is the pinnacle of it. But it doesn't just mean doing that. It means showing hospitality, caring for them, meeting with them, encouraging them, smiling and waving at them, when you see them on the streets. Giving, if, if there's a need to be met, meeting that need. Letting God lead you in conversations with them to, to, to help walk them through things that they may be facing in their life. And you know what? I'm, I can stand up here and I can say this and I can ask you guys to, to do this. 
but it is hard. <laughs> to love the people in your community can be hard and it can be awkward. I know this by experience in my role with YFC. It can be time-consuming. It can drain your energy. But what I want us to look at is with this love that motivates us, once again, what was the example that was given to us? Love is what motivated Jesus. And Jesus went up to a cross, up on a cross for us. And so what Jesus is getting at within this is he's commanding us to love, that love is a command Some of you guys I've shared this story with. I definitely have shared it with the youth a bunch of times. But it's probably one of the toughest times in my entire life I ever went through. Almost seven years ago now, seven years on December 6th, I lost one of my cousins in a car accident. Drinking and driving. And I remember the moment I got this phone call. I was up in Ottawa, I was visiting friends, and as I was visiting with these friends, my sister calls me, and I can't hear her on the phone because she's crying, but I didn't know she was crying, and so I told her to just hang up and call me again because I thought it was poor cell reception. And then eventually she calls me back, and just, just enough to suck back some of the tears, and she's like, Larissa's been in a car accident mom and dad are going to Aunt Michelle Uncle Dave's. I don't know what to do. In that moment, I was reminded of the summer just before that when I had went out camping with my cousin, Larissa. And she I was with a couple of my other cousins and her, and her and I had this relationship where we, she wasn't a Christian. She didn't love God. She believed he didn't exist. And I was very passionate about my faith and I would argue with her a lot. And, and looking back at it, at the root of it, it was not love that was driving me to do it. It was a sense of just being right and letting her know that she needs God. And that's true. But I wasn't doing it in a manner that was encouraging towards her and challenging her to step into this relationship in a loving way. The argument, an argument that we got in that time that we were camping up in my cottage was the last time I talked to her. We got in this big, huge argument, and I, st- I walked back in the middle of the night, back to our cottage that was uh, on a different part of the lake, in the middle of the night, pitch black, because I just had enough. And in that moment, as I was walking back, I said to God, I'm like, I do not ever want to share my faith with her again. And so when I got, my call, got that call for my sister, I was reminded of that. I was reminded of the fact 
that I had chosen just to give up on sharing my faith. And not only give up on sharing my faith, but am I doing it with the right motive? To love your neighbor even when it's hard. That moment and the months to follow after that were some of the hardest times I went through with God. But ultimately, that time and that moment is what's propelled me and motivated me because of understanding that God's love is what gets me out of bed in the morning. Is what motivates me to passionately pursue his love in every moment of my life. And I may fail in moments, but that is the example that I choose to live by. And so as I'm closing off and I'm finishing with this, I hope that this is a challenge to you guys to passionately pursue God's love. Because love is what should motivate us, the sacrificial love that should motivate us. And Jesus is the example of that. And he also commands us to do it. And so we should be doing it. And so how can we practically pursue love for how can we practically pursue love through our love for God and our love for one another, which is the community that we're in? So how can you love the community that you're in? And how can you love God in deeper ways? That's a challenge for you guys as you guys leave here today. How can you step out into that more? How can you be challenged? How can you grab a hold of that and pursue God's love passionately. I'm just going to pray and I'm going to close off. God, we thank you for your love. That you were the one who first loved us. And that you have called us, challenged us, and commanded us to not only love you with all that we have, but to love the community that you have intentionally placed us in. Thank you, God. Thank you for that. So, Father, I pray for us that that we passionately pursue your love over anything in our lives. And, Lord, that that is what gets us out of bed in the morning. That's what drives us forward. That's what propels us as we step into our, our job as we lead our family, as we love the community we're in, as we deal with neighbors that we struggle with, as we sit in our own space and are spending time praying with you and reading your word and praising your name, as we are here in this church this Sunday, let your love be what motivates us, Lord. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.